Section five of the Green Forest Fairy Book. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Peter Yearsley. The Green Forest Fairy Book by Loretta Ellen Brady. Dame Grumble and her Curious Apple Tree. Chapter four. At the court of King Silversword, Freyo was welcomed with much honour and ceremony. Dame Grumble's gift to the little princess had made a thousand good friends for him, it seemed. King Silversword looked at him with eyes of gratitude. Queen Silverland could not praise him enough. The little princess Silverstar took much pleasure in the tales that Freyo told her of the North Wind and the Apple Tree. Before many days had passed, Freyo had become the child's favourite courtier, and was a favourite of the whole court likewise. The noble lords vowed that Freyo had wisdom beyond his years, and vied with one another to do him kindnesses. The noble ladies declared that Freyo had a kindly heart, as well as handsome features. They said his gentle manners were worthy of a duke's son. King Silversword gave orders that a fine workroom be built at the top of the royal palace, and fitted with every sort of tool that a woodcarver might fancy. He also sent great ships, a-sailing off to distant lands, to bring rare woods for Freyo's work. When all things were in order, Freyo began his first task for the great King Silversword. It was to carve seven great chests, which would be used as dower-chests for the little princess, by and by. So fine was the design upon each chest, and so delicate and intricate the carving and the traceries, that seven long years passed before the seven chests were finished. In all that time, although the princess grew to be a lovely maiden, tall and stately, she still took pleasure in the tales that Freyo told her of the apple-tree that grew up in the country quite close to the top of the earth. Now, when these seven chests were shown at court, it was the opinion of wise men and artists from far and near that their equal could not be found in all the world. King Silversword was greatly pleased, and in reward he commanded that Freyo be made Duke of Freyoland. Ten thousand leagues of land, in the country quite close to the top of the earth, were given him for his domain, and a noble castle was likewise built there for him. The seven dower chests were next filled full of gold and jewels, and orders for a splendid ball were given. Princes and dukes, as well as lords and marquises from every court on earth, were bidden to attend, and from this assemblage of noble youths the Princess Silverstar would choose her husband. Some gossips at the court declared it was assured that Princess Silverstar would choose Prince Goldenmines, the richest prince in all the world. Others thought that she would surely favour Prince Palmyre, because he was so handsome. Judge, then, of the surprise of all when Princess Silverstar chose Freyo for her prince, and begged her royal parents to consent. Is it not to Freyo's noble gift so long ago that we do owe our daughter's life? exclaimed these grateful monarchs. How then shall we deny him for our daughter's husband? Announce the betrothal, heralds. Then straightway the wedding day was set. 
dame grumble journeyed down from the country quite close to the top of the earth and was made welcome by queen silverland and her noble ladies to be quite formal we should now call the good dame duchess freoland for as mother of a duke she had likewise become ennobled however as the good dame liked her old name best perhaps we had best call her just dame grumble after all in order that all folk might rejoice in goodly earnest at her wedding feast the princess silverstar besought her father two favours first that he would forgive all debts and monies that his people owed the crown and second that he would take no taxes for a whole year and a day she then commanded that every subject be given fine new holiday attire and a well-filled purse according to his rank and station in all the history of the kingdom there was not known a finer feast than this the noble lords and ladies rode and drove or danced at splendid balls the common people sang or played games on the highways and feasted on the village greens then when the seven days of fun and feasting passed at last and freyo with his lovely bride drove off to their castle dame grumble sat beside them in the royal chariot but not for long could the good dame content herself in their splendid castle her heart began to yearn and she began to pine most sadly for her home though freyo and his lovely bride begged her to stay and dwell with them for ever the good dame would not hear of it ah oh, no my children cried dame grumble long long ago tis true i wished for a noble house and fancied i would be happy as a queen if i might live in one since the visit of the traveller i have grown much wiser i know that i can be happy as a queen if i am but content so in my little cottage with the north wind and the apple tree for friends i shall dwell all my days so saying dame grumble bade freyo and his lovely bride farewell and leaning on the traveller's staff she set off for home she reached her little cottage on a bright spring day just when the apple-tree was decked in clouds of fragrant pinky white blossoms and looked as lovely as a fairy tree dame grumble gazed with satisfaction on her favourite tree and as she gazed it came to her mind that in all the noble sights she saw at court she had seen nothing half so lovely as the apple-tree in spring it was not long now before the north wind came roaring over field and forest in his usual fashion but when he saw dame grumble he ceased suddenly he asked most civilly how the good dame did and whether she had liked the life at court to all his questions dame grumble made most amiable reply and hoped the north wind's health was fair for if you will believe me these two old enemies were now good friends they had not had a cross word or a quarrel since the evening of the traveller's visit long ago and now dame grumble said the north wind for seven long years you have ceased your scolding and grumbling and if you will it so the spell that bound the apple-tree may now be broken only command me to cease my mischief and i will touch your blossoms never more likewise command the apple-tree to bear you golden apples and you shall have them 
but north wind cried the apple tree first tell my mistress what you have done with all the pennies from my blossoms my mistress has a heart of gold and needs not golden apples dame grumble smiled with pleasure that the apple tree should speak thus kindly of her well she remembered the olden days when she had often been most harsh with her favourite tree and she hoped the tree had now forgiven her the apple tree praises my heart too highly said dame grumble modestly still north wind i must own that i have been most curious about the pennies from the blossoms you have blown away the pennies were not stored in some hollow of the earth as you supposed long long ago when you set out to find them said the north wind each springtime when i blew the blossoms of the apple tree around the world i dropped the pennies at the feet of poor children who had none but me to love them these poor children then ran pell-mell to the nearest sweet shop to spend their pennies and were happy as larks in consequence the apple tree is right declared dame grumble for all the golden apples in the world i would not rob a single poor child of its penny so blow your fiercest north wind and apple tree see to it that there be a penny for every orphan child on earth the north wind obeyed and dame grumble smiled to see the lovely blossoms flying through the air like april snow and so the good dame settled down to dwell in peace and happiness king's palaces and duke's castles were all very well said she but after all there was no place like home as for climate and a clear blue sky in summer there was no place to equal the country quite close to the top of the earth dame grumble thought often and often just at candlelight dame grumble peered into the dusk and gloom in hopes of seeing the traveller coming toward her door but he came not sometimes she asked the north wind for news of him but he could tell her little i think said the north wind that the traveller still journeys round the earth but always in advance of me sometimes i travel over cities where all folk are content and where there are no strifes nor quarrels i hear folk speaking of a noble traveller who has lingered with them and i have often thought it is the traveller whom we seek if i should ever meet him i shall tell him that dame grumble waits each evening to welcome him but my mistress and you too north wind said the apple tree have you not heard it said the traveller visits only those who are sad and sorrowful or who are afflicted with cold selfish hearts if that be true he will return to our little cottage no more there is no need for him now it would seem that the apple tree was right for the traveller returned no more and in all the world there was not such another place for comfort and good cheer as dame grumble's little cottage quite close to the top of the earth where the north wind blew fiercely each spring end of section five